Okay, so we're recording live, live to tape from Endurance Exchange. And if you hear music in the background, um, sorry, they won't turn off the hotel for us. So, Sarah, to start with, I hear uh, before coming here, you won an award for diversity last week in Vegas. Well, I kind of won an award. (laughs) So... (laughs) Last week I was in Vegas for the Sports Diversity Awards. I think it was called. Nice, solid, you know solid. Yeah, I, yeah. So we didn't. The Outspoken Summit sort of won an award. So actually, Tempe Tourism, who helped us make the summit and put it in Tempe, won an award for our summit. So Tempe won an award for diversity. Tempe won an award for <laughs> for diversity because of the rich experience that we created at the summit. So I'm I'm gonna and our name was actually on the award. So I'm counting it. Okay. Right. Good. Good. Perfect. <laughs> okay, but we are actually since then I've been like I was in Vegas and then I went to Tucson to visit a friend and now I'm in Tempe for the Endurance Exchange Conference and. That brings us up to date of where we are. Good. Everybody knows what's going on in Sarah's life. <laughs> I know you guys wanted to know. But on this show, we are going to talk about updates and gossip from, from the Endurance Exchange Conference, where, where we are, <laughs> in, case you didn't, in case you missed that. The PTO, the Professional Triathletes Organization, and how will Ironman respond after this? Sarah, I hear they have noon endurance in Canada now. Oh, Canada, baby. Finally. I use the sport tabs, the basic tabs at CrossFit. Well, I use the noon endurance. Citrus mango is the way to go. And now you can try that too in, you know, up north. Up here in Canada. You can order any of these or the rest tabs to help you sleep or the immunity tabs to fight off those bugs. And you can do that by using the code IRONWOMEN. I'm not saying that to you, Kelly. I'm saying this to the people at home. (laughs) The code IRONWOMEN at NoonLife.com. And go check out their new community of women doing cool stuff at Noonness, uh, their TV channel on YouTube. I'm Kelly O'Mara. And I'm Sarah Gross. And you're listening to Live Feisties If We Were Riding. Okay, so we asked people for questions that they wanted answered, and there were a lot of questions about the PTO because that was like a big announcement this week. And some of them are just... Hold on. Unpack the announcement just briefly in case anyone's been living under a rock. Fine. In case you like didn't go on any social media this week, because I think every single pro, except for Sarah True, which we'll talk about in a second, posted that they were part of the PTO. So the PTO, the Pro Triathletes Organization, announced this week the multi-million dollar investment that they're not disclosing how much, but it's a lot of money. My guess is around 20 million. They're saying it's some, like people are saying it's around 10 to 20 million. And by people, she means me because I wrote the story about it. I read this really great article in Triathlete Magazine about it that said it was 10 to 20 million. Um, So they announced that they have this major VC investor and he's legit. He like invested in Google, YouTube, PayPal, um, and he's put a bunch of money into this to try and turn it into, they keep comparing it to the PGA. So turn it into like a real tour. And the first race is going to be the Collins Cup, which has been promised for how many years now? Four. (laughs) 
for, to be clear. Um, but it's actually going to happen in May. And I think it's actually going to happen because they are actually already paying people their advances. Like Ben Hoffman's like, that's in my bank account. I've cashed the check. So, well, And when you have 10 to $20 million, you can pay people advances. Right. So it, it lines up. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's the sum up there real fast. And then people had a lot of questions, though, about how this is going to work. So some people basically, to be clear, so one of the questions is like, how does this Collins Cup race work? So the way it's structured is it's going to be U.S. versus Europe versus the rest of the world, which uh, U.S. is going to totally lose that race. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, thinking about it now. You're like, yeah, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Why did they? Anyway. Anyway, so it's structured like the Writers' Cup, which is apparently a thing in golf. Yes, I've I've heard that too. (laughs) I learned that from the the PTO guy. (laughs) So it's going to be structured as those three teams, 12 people on each team. No, yeah, 12 people on each team. Yeah, 12 people on each team. And picked through a combination of like rankings uh, will automatically qualify you for the team. And then there's some discretionary spots, whatever. And then the race itself will be three people will go off at once, like one from each team in a head to head race. And then 10 minutes later, the next three will go. And then 10 minutes later, the next three will go. So it, so it's a series of races. Does that make sense? So each three to three, each three head to head is a race and you either, and you like win or lose that race. Okay. And it's contested over a half Ironman distance. And then you get like each of those 12, each of those 12 head to heads earns your U S versus Europe versus the rest of the world team points. And so then you'll win prize money on the end based on how it works out. Okay. I'm a little bit lost already. <laughs> so I'm hoping it becomes more clear as they roll it out. Okay. Uh, I feel like that's not that unconfusing. <laughs> I think everyone else followed. Okay. I hope you followed better than me folks. Right. Okay. So three people will go off mm-hmm. one from Europe, one from the U S one from the rest of the world. And then 10 minutes later, three more will go off. And each of those races is a race in and of itself. So the idea is that this will be more exciting as opposed to just a half Ironman race that essentially you'll have like 12 races to like cut back and forth between to follow, et cetera. Yeah. It's going to have a lot, how exciting it is, quote unquote, it's Mm going to have a lot to do with how many cameras they have out there and the budget for putting together the media piece. So, and it sounds like they have put quite a big budget on. They keep saying seven figures in production. Right. (laughs) Which basically means usually when people refer to it like that, it's like, they're just just seven figures so it's like it's a million dollar production okay <laughs> but then and then there are going to be team captains for each team so like chrissy wellington's leading the well not leading like she's not racing but then she'll sit in the room mm-hmm. watching the cameras and like everyone will be mic'd and so she'll be like telling them what to do and then viewers will also be able to hear the mics as she's like talking to different team members and you'll be able to see on the screen like the metrics of like heart rate and power and stuff so the idea is it'll be like a very exciting interactive broadcast interesting okay so now as you're explaining this to me in real time Uh even though i've read about this i i got getting the the full impression i got the pitch from from the guy originally from the guy who was looking for the investor the guy in charge but now i'm just like okay i'm imagining it in my head because it's actually happening right Uh and it's interesting to use such a new concept with such big but like they better hope it works like, yeah, I, I, I feel like so. I'd like to see the race just roll out without. No, but I think, I mean, why has any of the coverage to date of triathlon worked? No. So why would you go with like, hey, let's try another Facebook live stream. That didn't work before. <laughs> no, I mean, the format itself. Like, uh, is it exciting? Like, I just, it's like, it's an interesting concept in and of itself. Like, mm-hmm. let's just like execute a race like that and see if it 
see how it works and people like, is there enough exciting stuff happening to have these like team captains slash commentators in these rooms? Yeah. Like it's, it's like super hard to put all the pieces together in my brain. I mean, I think the idea is it'll just be more exciting than watching 170.3, right? It'll be. Yes. yes. It will definitely be that. We can agree on that. And it's not somebody asking if it's going to be draft legal. It will not be draft legal. If one group catches the next group, like makes up the 10 minutes, I actually have no idea what happens. I don't think, I don't think they like thought that part through. <laughs> but another big question that was going around on social media and that somebody submitted to us is about this whole like advance money and prize money. So, cause some people like Ben Hoffman told me that his advance has already been paid. Some people are like, wait, is this an appearance fee or is this prize money? Cause it's structured really weird. And so that's raising a lot of questions. Cause what I gather is the people who are ranked high enough that they will definitely be invited to this race are being paid out a portion of their potential prize money in advance to like guarantee, like they're being paid in advance, which is nice. Like to have money up front, but then like, isn't that really an appearance fee? Does that like come out of their prize money? And then more people have pointed out that if it's just the highest ranked athletes getting money in advance, isn't this just further widening the discrepancy? Like triathlon has a pretty big like drop off problem, like top 10 and then drops off. And so if this is really essentially an invitational race for the very best athletes in the world, isn't it just going to widen that? Right. So like this first move is definitely that like right. it's an invitation it it would if that was the only move of this organization it would definitely widen a gap between the best pros and the less best pros um <laughs> <laughs> however wasn't there something and i and you'll know kelly like where the way that if they make a profit off of this race yes. right the profits get divided and the pto itself gets to decide how to spend the money so my feeling is is that then if we have a functioning and this is again the big question and if like if we end up with a functioning business model making money off of media contracts in this space then the pto can decide they're going to spend money on developing further athletes like is that the plan yeah 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 so like the way it's structured i asked a bunch of financial questions that didn't quite get answered but the way it's structured is that the pto is a nonprofit, and then they have a commercial arm that will own these races and then of those that that commercial arm this investor guy owns 50 percent Mike Moritz, he's like a San Francisco investor guy and the PTO owns the other 50%. So then any profits will go, 50% will go back to the PTO to reinvest as they see fit. Right. So the business, whatever the business model is that we can't seem to get answers on. They're going to make money off sponsors and uh, media. Okay. So the sponsors, okay. (laughs) Duh. Do they? Okay. Not, oh, right. I'm just going to leave that. Um, so when they start making this money, right, right. is it, okay. So is them, what is the, what is expected there? Like, do they have to make their 10 to 20 million back first before no. they make profits or is it profit right off the top? Well, they're not going to be pro I think it's profit over expense. I think it's, um, you know, they need more revenue than expenses and they're not going to get more revenue than expenses right away because they're having to upfront a lot of money. They don't need to make back the 10 to 20 million right away. It's just like once they become profitable and I don't think anyone thinks they're going to be profitable for like at least three to five years, right? Like a while. So which is normal for business to be clear. Sarah's like, I own a business. Nobody, nobody judge me. <laughs> right. No, but it's, it is normal. People say like three to five years is the normal yeah, yeah, yeah. time frame for a business to become profitable. Yeah, yeah. So that's, and, and, yeah. And like we just said, like any money coming in that could be spent on pros down the line, we're probably looking three to five years. At so least. if, if you're like a B grade pro right now and you're looking for a payout out of this, like that's not coming your way for a while. Probably. Yeah. The other thing, I mean, a lot of people also, so Sarah True 
tweeted out that she was not because I think if you saw on social media, a ton of people like simultaneously posted that they are members of the PTO, proud to be a member of the PTO. And Sarah True, so it was like social media rollout. And Sarah True posted, uh, <laughs> I may be the only person who's not a member, basically that she was not invited in advance. And that's basically because they only reached out to the top 50 athletes on this ranking system. She had a bad year and, so, you know, slipped through the cracks like no one. Obviously, Sarah Chu is one of the best athletes in the world, mm-hmm. but no one reached out to her. And so then she obviously was like, you know, where is this going? Is it going to create bigger discrepancies? If you're not in the top 50 and you don't know about this, can I join? Like, what happens now? And, um, and you can join now that it's public. I think any pro can join now. Obviously, this raises a question in the future of like, what does being pro mean? How does this look? Like, if ultimately it's going to be structured like the PGA, we're going to have to have a different system than we currently have with like how we do licenses. Cause right now, like it's done country by country. And like, there's that whole like wishy-washy area with, you know, the bottom of the pro field and the top of the lead damage. Like there's this whole thing. So ultimately those are going to be questions that they will have to hash out. Yeah. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see. And also I think whoever ends up leading on the PTO side, like whoever the pro or presumably ex-pro who's going to well i think rachel joyce right now has been doing a lot of work rachel joyce has been doing a lot of that work so whoever that is that's going to be really that person's going to have some really big and important decisions to make so uh she's been doing the work for free right now last night we were giving her a pep talk about how she needs to get paid so now that we're at the conference letters and people want to know gossip we were like rachel you need to get paid right rachel will get paid this is our message rachel will get paid but then a lot of people here sarah a big question that we had submitted was how is iron man going to respond to all this that is a really good question i mean iron man tends to respond one way or another right either ignore until it's actually a real thing right which i think i would lean towards in this particular case or just like try to throw money at something else or like do something big to like shut them down i have heard word on the street is Mm -hmm. ready gossip guys word on the street Mm -hmm. that Iron Man would actually love, not necessarily for there to be a competitor race, but would love for there to be an organized, I'm not going to use the word union, but an organized voice speaking for the pros that says like, we want these things. And so in some ways, I don't know if supportive, supportive would be a strong word, but in some ways they're moderately supportive of this idea of an organization that will ultimately, you know, have all the pros voting around a collective hope argue you know what i mean like yeah, idea yeah. for sure an outside organization so i think unless iron man feels like this is going to somehow affect kona and the age groupers willingness to pay for right. kona and their races then they won't do anything immediately no. but if that starts to come into question like their bottom line then we'll see something happen i mean what i keep what i think the big tension on the road is for this is that like these people are stars because of kona are you really in a lot of ways mm-hmm. And their stars because of, you know, their epic performances. Like we talked about last week, performance versus exciting race. And so they're going to have to continue to do Kona. And yet if ultimately you come up with this PGA-like tour of races, how does that not compete with? You know, see, like how do those, those things are attention to me. Yeah, that, yeah. Yeah. And therein lies the question, right? And I think the answers to those questions are like five years down the road. You're like TBD. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Pause here. Pause. <laughs> All right. So we are at the conference, as we just said, uh, and people want to know a ton of gossip. I think we told you, yeah, our gossip so far is we told Rachel she needs to get paid. Right. (laughs) The other thing is that, well, we were just talking about Iron Man. Notably, Iron Man isn't here with the exception of Sarah Hartman, who runs the um, foundation and is announcing the mentorship, the women's mentorship program here. But otherwise, Iron Man's not here. 
Yeah. So this year, so let's talk about this year's endurance exchange, technically. So it's like the USAT coaching and race director workshops conferences are combined with the business one, which has made this bigger. It is way bigger. I walked in and I was like, oh shit. Yeah. There's four times as many people here. Right. Like there's, I think there's close to 600 people here and we used to have what, 150 yeah. at the old industry conference. So it is a lot bigger. Um, but it's also like a different crowd. Yeah. 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 It's like, there's a, there are clearly a lot of coaches here, although the same crowd is here too. Like my, I feel like my people are here, the same, the same people from TBI, you know, that went every year. Oh, oh, your people. I thought you meant like your people. people. Like you? (laughs) Yeah. Like, like my, like three friends that I know here are also here. Yeah. But like the people who used to sing at TBI are at least for this year, still here and attending. Yeah, it is. Um, that's true. Yeah. It is a little bit of a different though. I do feel like there's way more of a like, what can I do to grow my business, like my race, my, how do I coach at, you know, very like logistical questions as opposed to like our kind of like, where is the sport going? Right. I think we still need that. Like, I, re- <laughs> I really think we still like, we still need that space every year to come together. Like the leaders come together and go, okay, where are we? Take stock. Where are we going? I think everything like our sport, our long course triathlon could use that. Still. It's also, uh, the conference is also being held in a, in the football stadium, in the ASU football stadium. And, uh, it's a weird choice for a venue. I think we've all walked like laps around the stadium so far. Yeah. It's been odd, like getting around. It's interesting. I think now that we, now that we, I know the lay of the land of the venue, it's a little easier, but for Lisa and I led a session, two sessions on uh, diversity, equity, inclusion yesterday. And they our, where our session was held was in a theater, which was great, but it was kind of far away from everything else. So I feel like maybe we lost a few people just on like the voyage to get there was too hard. You, you guys know? also couldn't figure out how to get into the stadium, to be fair. Yeah. Well, I, well, that's, we couldn't, but there were also like, even like one of our panelists literally had trouble finding her way to our session. Yeah. Like people were complaining about that. So I feel like we probably could have had more people in the room if we'd been in like in a tighter, more intimate situation it's a weird it's a weird situation yeah they couldn't sarah couldn't find the entrance and i decided to shortcut and ended up like walking down train tracks to get you're, there. you're like blaming me i can't find the entrance <laughs> kelly like went over hill and vale like to just to get to the entrance to the <laughs> to the venue so it's been it's been slightly challenging slightly on that challenging. level um the other thing that happened yesterday afternoon was the opening keynote was a major league an ex-major league baseball player eric burns Oh, Eric Burns. So I'm going to know nothing about this, but yeah, it was like, it was okay, but it was not like triathlon related or specific. Yeah. Wasn't that yeah, specific. Okay. Is there any other gossip we have? People oh, want gossip. Okay. There was a, like, this isn't true gossip, I guess, but it was kind of our. She means it is accurate gossip. It's not like, <laughs> it's not like deep, <laughs> intense gossip. It's not like who's sleeping with who, which I see someone did ask. We're not going to tell you. <laughs> yeah. And frankly, I don't know. I'm happy not to know. Um, the, but like what, one of the things that happened was we were asked, like there was like a strange kind of dress code thing for presenters. Yeah. Right. And we were like strangely asked like, like, cause I had planned, okay. I'd planned to wear what I'm wearing today, Kelly. Uh, to be clear, she's wearing ripped jeans and a tank top that says <laughs> feisty as fuck. <laughs> yeah. So like my ripped jeans, my feisty AF tank top. And then I have like a suit jacket. Right. So I was going to like, that was like what I was going to wear to present. And then we got this thing where we're supposed to wear like business casual pants. So I think that my ripped jeans don't qualify. Um, and then we were also asked to wear like USAT polo shirts, um, which was a little odd to be asked. Like a lot of people were like, why are we being asked for a dress code? And people were being asked different things depending on yeah. like, where, who they were or what they were like. So that, that was a little bit, I don't and know. There was weird. definitely a perception at one point. I mean, I've heard 
some concern. People were like, well, only the women got this email about dress code. And then it was like, well, what is everyone concerned about that the women are going to wear? So that has been, that's been the hot topic. (laughs) This is how like, yeah, this is how gossipy it is around here. We've been asked to adhere to a dress code and we're all complaining about it. Um, So yeah, that's our exciting news. I feel like it has been a little more low key this year. I don't know. I, it's, I have a weird, because I, I just arrived. It started at lunchtime yesterday. Yeah. I presented all afternoon yesterday. And so, and then we went out for, then we went out like for the drinks and the happy whatever, hour. the happy hours last night. So I don't feel like I've really absorbed. Th- there'll be more. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. More observations. To come. TBD. Um, the one last question that people had, that people submitted was, Sarah, do you think pro meet and greets would help grow the sport? Like if there were more like pro... Like, hey, come hang out. Wow. Okay. Well, the answer to that is yes. But the thing is, like, we used to have a lot of pro meet and greets. We used to? Yes. Like, so the, or like the pro panels. Like, when I first started the sport 15 years ago, if you were invited to a pro panel, it was a big deal. And they would fill out, like, before an Ironman, they would fill out a tent of people. Yeah. I think like, it still happens. No, it's well, they're not, not like, as, they're not filled out, but the pro panels still happen. I've been on them. They happen, but not as many people attend. No. Like, because of the way that Iron Man has been decreasing the importance of the pros and the way we see the pros and, like, everything mm. has been just going down that road for a number of years now. So, like, those pro meet and greets exist, but no, like, I remember going to ones where, like, I came here actually to Tempe and a local bike store, no, was it a running store? It doesn't matter. Were, like, invited me to be on a panel mm-hmm. and people actually, like, went out of their way to go to this bike store to come see this panel of pros like we're like just signing autographs and chatting at this point. and like that would never happen now. It happens. It does. No. Yeah, well, okay. Like we're into car free and like. Okay. Well, I don't know how many. People. I mean, I talked at a bike shop and like ten people came and I'm not Marinda car free. Oh, to be clear, t- ten. I'm not talking about ten people. Okay. <laughs> you mean lots? Of like people. people. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yes, ten people came. That's good, amazing. Good, good. Yeah. Yes. But like, you know, it's when you can like bring, you know, 50 people together, then, then you're like, then you have like a, an event or something that might be able to be like, then you have like, something could be sponsored or Mm -hmm. something like, so yes, there's room for that. And, but like, it's about how we see the pros and how, and like, everybody has to get behind like creating the heroes. Like we talked about last week. Create heroes. You're like speaking of speaking of which. Speaking of which, <laughs> we are having our first for the Iron Women podcast. We are having our first live event. So Alyssa and Haley are going to be hosting an event ahead of the uh, U.S. Olympic marathon trials in Atlanta. So if you listen to that podcast, you will know that Haley Chura, who's a pro triathlete and the co-host of the podcast, qualified for the Olympic trials in the marathon. And she ran 243, which is amazing. Um, so we got a panel together of pro triathletes who have all qualified for that race. So Alyssa is going to be moderating and Haley's on the channel, channel, panel, panel. <laughs> Ruth, Brendan, Moore, Maury, am I saying that right? Yeah, who's retired and like qualified for the trials 20 years ago. Yeah. And now I get, cause she's like what, 44 or something like that. Anyway, that's crazy. Yeah. I love her. She's amazing. She's got great things to say. So we're excited to have her and Sarah Bishop is also on the panel. So that's going to be fun. And we can, you can buy tickets for it. It's only 20 bucks, but it's on livefeisty.com. And so if you're in Atlanta at that time, it's on the Wednesday night. Uh, all the details are, are on the website. Here's my other crazy thing about Haley. 
Wait, I have one last thing to say about the event, just while I'm doing my little event pitch. Just, okay, you're like, time out. Okay. We're also going to record it and either we'll either record it live or we'll put it up the next morning on our social. So people will be able to watch and listen to the panel. Yeah. Even if you don't come. Even if you don't come. Yeah. Well, here's my other crazy thing about Haley, though. Okay. She qualified. I knew she had qualified for the swim Olympic trials back in like 2004 and 2008. In like the hundred back yeah. to go from like hundred back to the marathon trials in 2020 is insane. I don't know anyone else who has done that degree. Totally. I think, <laughs> I feel like Haley has not got enough like yeah. respect out of this situation. Oh, yeah. Like she be, yeah. about to be, cause I'm about to do it. Like some mainstream fucking coverage of like, yeah. that's insane. <laughs> yeah. It is so, so amazing what she's done. Even swim, like swimmers struggle to transition to triathlon and to the marathon just to like freaking not get injured and, and finish, you know, standing up. (laughs) So like Haley's done that full transition. She's had, she's had multiple Ironman wins and then, and now is just so good at the marathon that she's going to the Olympic trial. So So it's amazing. Crazy. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, one last thing before we go, um, after the break, we're going to talk about, Oh, my Canadian girl, Melindy Elmore, who, um, who set a Canadian record for the marathon. We would like to thank Noon Hydration for supporting the podcast. Get 30% off your order by using the code IRONWOMEN at noonlife.com. That's IRONWOMEN at noonlife.com. And follow at If We Were Riding on all the social medias and leave us a review on iTunes. Also, tell your actual friends in person how awesome we are, because that works too. If We Were Riding is a Live Feisty Media production and is hosted by Kelly O'Mara and me, Sarah Gross. Our marvelous editor is Aaron Hamilton. My time, my time. None of you people can tell me to stop this time like the last time. You better get ready to race in the titty to do Okay, so the Houston Marathon was this past weekend. It was kind of like the, for Americans, it was the last chance to qualify for the Olympic trials. It's also like a really big race generally. And so Melindy Elmore ran like a 224. But here's the crazy thing about Melindy. And you're going to have to like, because you like apparently, she was a 1500 meter runner, went to the Olympics 16 years ago, the 1500 meter, and then like got hurt, whatever. Then she did a pro triathlon for a while. Then she went to the marathon after she had two kids. And now she's going to go back to the Olympics 16 years after she like last went to the Olympics. Yeah. I think the most amazing thing about Melindy is that she was actually good at all these things. Yes. So like, she, like, I got passed by her a few times. <laughs> in right. Like she, like she, as a pro triathlete, she wasn't just like, playing in the little leagues. Like she was on the podium, yeah. you know, and she became a very good cyclist and a swimmer that was good enough to compete, yeah. <laughs> to compete. There's a reason I was getting past. <laughs> right. <laughs> so like she really transitioned herself fully into being a pro triathlete right. and then took this turn and did the marathon and like 224, like that is a fast flipping marathon. Yeah. Well, it's the Canadian record. It's a Canadian record. I mean, I don't know what the previous record was. So I have no <laughs> sense of like the standard or, but like all I compared to even world, like it's not that long ago that the world, the women's world record would have been close to 224. Like it's, yeah. it's like two, what is it? 215 now? Something like that. And the other thing I think that's interesting about, I mean, Melindy's fucking crazy. And I think she's like a really good story and needs to get like more coverage. I mean, to go to have 16 year gap between your two Olympics is going to be, is like nuts. But another thing that's like fascinating to me is so in the U S 
you know, we've talked about, they upped the Olympic standard. It's 245 to qualify. And there have been over 500 women that have qualified for the marathon trials. Mm. It like really pushed people. And it's like really reinvigorated women's distance running in the U.S. And this whole like trickle down effect, right? They changed the standard, but then they also put money behind that to like anyone who made the standard, they would pay their way to the trials. They like, it's really, you know what I mean? Like there's been groups then going after it at big races that everyone's working together. But Canada has had something similar. Like, I don't know as much about it, but my understanding, well, I don't know. I'm not saying that they had a similar qualifying standard, but there's also been a reinvigorating of running there. That There's tons of records that are falling now. And so I just think, yeah, it's, it's been like an interesting case study overall. Yeah. yeah, that's one of the things we're going to talk about in Atlanta is like the progression of endurance sport for women yeah. too. And especially around the marathon, because that's kind of the first, it's like the leading endurance sport, right? The first yes. thing like we fought for to get into the Olympic Games and even to do back to like Catherine Switzer, Boston Marathon, yeah. 1960. Two, four, eight. Eight. <laughs> in one of those years. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, those are one of those, those. And it's fun to see, especially like in the Canadian context, we've had a huge lull in women's running. Yeah. So it was, a, it was only a matter of time before it started to like tick uptick again. And I think like Melindy's going to be just the beginning. People can tell me to stop my town, my crown. We know what it takes to be reaching the top. We're reaching the top. We're reaching the top. We know what it takes to be reaching the top.